And we are back. Thank you so much for joining us for another edition of the Daily Dots. I'm back with half of the brain trust. <laughs> I see he's 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 coming in from home. He's he's using the he's using the interwebs, as uh, our good friend uh, Rudy Havenstein calls them, the interwebs, uh, to, to pipe in here. He's working from home today, and uh, his his title on the screen is the brain trust. So uh, <clears throat> I should have never what's called him that. I, what's funny is that I did that last time and, and you didn't notice. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Uh, <laughs> run that story by my wife and see if she's surprised. Um, no, I I should have never called you that because now you're going to hold it over me. You'd just be like, hey, you said it, man, not me. Uh, anyway, what? let's get down to it. So indexes, I haven't checked in the last minute. Where did we finish on the NASDAQ? Run us through the indexes, Chase. Yeah. So we have S&P totally flat and the Q's up 0.14 and I I'm showing small caps up 1.5. So why? Small caps have like one one day a week where they just go nuts and it was that day. Did rates pull back today? I didn't even look at rates. No, actually rates are up. So all all of it whole curve about three basis points. Yeah. It makes a whole lot of sense. <clears throat> um, the craziness continues. Do we, we didn't really have any data to speak of today. No, not really. Okay. Just earnings. Um, what were the, 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 the one we've got to talk about, obviously you don't usually see a, uh, what would that be? You'd be, I mean, what was arm going into the day? You were probably an $80 billion company going into the day and it tacked on 50%. Yeah. It, it had a good day. Yeah. Did you go through Jamie, um, did a breakdown of the earnings. Did you look at their, uh, their earnings weren't bad, but it was like 20% year over year or something. Yeah. And, and the, the, it, the of course, all the talk is AI they have very little exposure to AI. I, I don't think I have ever been as perplexed looking at it. There must be something else going on. I, you look in the earnings. They played up by AI and then per, their projections they were showing. Even there, though, it's like 20% more growth than expected or something for the year. You wouldn't think that's a 50% day, but, well, but AI. They came into the day – and again, I haven't checked it. I'm relying on Jamie's work, so I may have read it wrong. He could have screwed it up. But Jamie told me they were trading at 20-plus times revenue coming in today? I, I don't know. But, I mean, it's not like it, – it's, it's not like Temi, it's not like Taiwan Semiconductors like announces a blowout quarter and goes up 30%. It's trading at, you know, trading at 25 times earnings. This thing was already sporting a multiple that – yeah, that – I. I don't know, but if you're into yacht sales, you should call Masasan because he just made some money. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's got a he's got a bit of a hole he needs to dig out of, though, Chase. And uh, that's true. This is going to do it. Not come no, not completely. I'm sure it's a lot of money. He owns like eighty percent of it. Well, and that's kind of what I was thinking. I was wondering if I think it's actually ninety. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, so I was wondering if there's a short squeeze dynamic going because you, you just read through the queue, you look at the valuation, the move on the stock doesn't make sense unless there's something else going on. I, I don't know. I, 10% I mean, of the company's in the float. Yeah. All, all things semiconductor are just kind of going nuts. 
Yeah. I mean, it, it's be getting, it's getting a little crazy. Yeah. You know, it's getting crazy when you're a little bummed out that your semiconductor plays only up six and a half percent on the day. You yeah. know, you feel like you got of left the, behind. Of the semiconductor um, ETF, that one is actually the second best right now, which is nice. Which on one year, is? Year to date. Yeah, TSMC is actually second best performer year to date behind uh, NVIDIA. I, look, I it would not be the first time that I got hit by a bullet I didn't see coming. The whole The whole disconnect that Taiwan Semiconductors seems to have from this whole thing I just, you know, we're talking about how there's, doesn't feel like there's an ounce of geopolitical risk priced into oil. I think because it's all been placed on Taiwan Semiconductor, right? The whole, (laughs) all the geopolitical risk of the world, I think has been laid on top of that thing. And here's what's really interesting about it. I don't know how much there, there's a, um, there was a great interview, actually, the 60 Minutes did with Taiwan Semiconductor recently. And um, I... Again, not a recommendation for anybody out there, but when you look around, when you understand Taiwan Semiconductor's role in the space and you look at the companies that are going nuts, it doesn't make any sense for them not to be going with it, right? Wouldn't you agree, Chase? Yeah, I mean, we've talked about it before, but they, they're the ones that literally make NVIDIA's physical chips. So, and, 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 I, and no one else can make them. Right, and I so think... I've never understood that because if they... If they just wanted to say, you know what, um, your prices went up forty percent today. Like, I don't know what they would even do about it. They got to pay it. I mean, at least for now, you know. I mean, I don't. And then, you know, it's not like you can just go say we're going to do it on our own. You know what I mean? I mean, they. I'm, I'm not saying Nvidia couldn't, but it would. They, it's not something you can slap I'll together. They couldn't. Okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You'll take it further, but I'm just saying, yeah. There's really no alternative, and it leads me to believe that. The reason it's pay- paying at the valuation it is, the only thing that makes any sense to me is it's just pure geopolitical risk. But the management knows that and they're diversifying. They're building other factories around the world. And like the CEO said, he goes, yeah, it wouldn't be good for our business, but he goes, it's not going to change anything. And he goes, you know, we're, we're, we've got contingency plans. We're making sure that our people are going to be safe and not get caught up in this. And you I, yeah, I just I, I don't know. Maybe somebody else out there knows of reasons why Taiwan Semiconductor's trading where 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 it is outside of uh, outside of geopolitical risk. But looking at that valuation and looking at the role they play in the world at, at this price, it feels like a very good bet to me. The other thing is is that um, you know the 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 death calls for China getting obliterated or heating up again. Um, you and I both know what a mess China is. That wouldn't surprise me if that was the case. Uh, at the same time, until I see them dump a lot of money and not be able to stimulate their way out of it, I'm not going to be convinced that's not what's going to happen. And the reason I bring that up, and I wanted to run this by you, actually, since you're at home taking another vacation day, we didn't get a chance to talk about it in the office. <clears throat> but um, when when if if we're if we're sitting back. Looking at the, the world of chips, you know, Taiwan's looking at all these different things and then and then trying to assess the risk that we assign to Taiwan Semiconductor. I have to believe that, A, I think that risk is way more mitigated than other people, than, than the price would suggest it is. Um, it, it, it would also lead me to believe that 
the re- that, that 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 all of that geopolitical risk is probably inversely tied to ch- the Chinese economy. Meaning, I don't see China doing anything overtly. And and this is like if you if you haven't picked up on this, this is total anecdotal stuff. I mean, I you know it's not like I just got off the phone with Z or the U.S. ambassador to China. So I, I you know I'm speaking of the unknown here, but I would think that. The risk of invading China or, excuse me, Taiwan or doing any of those types of aggressive actions, I would think that those risks heat up the worse the Chinese economy does. W- would you agree with that? Yeah, I think that's it's a popular narrative, but one that make, makes sense. I mean, at the end of the day, if, if you have a lot of domestic political problems, uh, kind of a, a time-tested way of dealing with that is to get everyone to focus on something overseas. So I, I don't think that's crazy. And, and call me, call me a Pollyanna, but I will not be surprised if economic indicators in China start ticking up. Um, anyway, I just long and store, I keep looking at this thing so many different ways and I could be proven violently wrong. I just don't, there's just a value gap there that makes no sense. And I think a lot of that risk is already accounted for. I think it's more than priced in. And I think if the worst case scenario plays out for Taiwan Semiconductor, it's not going to be a fun ride, but I don't really see it as a game changer. So anyway, w- would you agree with most of that or, or do you have different thoughts on it? No, I, I agree with most of that. Plus plus the whole I lost you on, on audio there for a second. Uh, okay, where were we at? So finishing up TSMC, I'm laying out my argument for that thing being uh, mispriced, I believe. Your thoughts? You 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 mostly agree with that thesis that, that the geopolitical risk is overstated. Yeah, assuming, I mean, we don't know what 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 that is in there. We did we did go through a, a pretty big cycle um, for semiconductors, and if you think about like people would probably see that and say, "Well, Nvidia didn't go in through any cycle," but they're so heavily geared towards AI. And then you look at someone like TSM; they're selling tons and tons of chips to. Uh, automobile manufacturers that can't sell cars, things like that. So like real life <laughs> uh, chips got in their way. The cycle there really hurt them. So like it made sense for them to pull back a good bit. Um, and it kind of made sense for them to not get caught up in the AI craze since it's, I don't know, 10% of their business or something instead of, you know, 90% like some of these people. Uh, and, and I will say like we have repriced. We If we closed here for the month, it would be, the highest monthly close in history for, for TSMC. So we are rapidly repricing from, I mean, we came from 60, we're at 133 now. Um, so it's starting to make more sense, I would say. Yeah. But, and, and the other, the other side of it is, is um, when you're, when you're talking about, um, I just completely lost my train of thought. <laughs> That's 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 good and professional there. What what were we saying? So um, hold on, I, I had a point to make there on TSMC. Oh, like you said, I, I've heard that narrative a lot. Well, it shouldn't go up that much, and I'm not saying you're saying this, but I've heard that narrative a lot. It shouldn't go up that much because it's only 10 percent of their revenue. And I'm like, guys, it's 10 percent of their revenue right now. Yeah, right? and that's if, the argument if, they if made. Yeah, if, if you're if you're if you're if you're sitting here extrapolating out and, and saying that Nvidia's revenue is going up five or six x. That, that AI that AI portion of their income statement is going to going to make up a pretty a, a much larger you know percentage of the pie. Um, so I, I never really understood that argument. I was like, well, yeah, but 
all these other things are going up because the AI business is booming, right? So therefore, it's going to make up yeah. a lot more. And it was actually their earnings call that really has lit the fire under a lot of the the semiconductor stuff of late because they made it clear like, hey, AI is get like about to really power our business in a way that it hadn't yet. Um, and every all the other names were like, oh, it is, and just took off with it. So it was it was nice Do to be able net- to. to to get into one that wasn't wildly expensive had, you know, wasn't even at, at, or even that close to an all time high. They're the ones that changed the narrative. Um, but they're also the ones that were cheap, which was interesting. Speaking of which in real time here, I'm showing Netflare cloud. I'm looking at Cloudflare down 4.7% after hours. That's one of our, it's one of our positions. We don't own a big, we don't own a big stake in it, but they must've, uh, I, I can't tell if earnings have come out yet. I'm not seeing any numbers. You haven't seen anything yet, but I'm sure we will very shortly. Yeah, that'll be interesting. Well, we're long it, so it'll probably be one that's down 25% on earnings. Yeah, well, if it goes down 25%, unless something really changed, probably a good spot to get some. Yeah, yeah it, it, was, it, was, it was flirting with a, a massive technical breakout today, so. Yeah. Uh, well, so what else we got coming into the into, into the end of the week here? What are, what are we looking at? What are we keeping an eye on as far as data that's coming up? So the only thing we have data wise coming up uh, is CPI revisions tomorrow, and those are essentially impossible to like understand wh- where it's going to go. All all we know is if it moves in any significant way, higher or lower than expected, like that that could make some pretty big ripples through asset prices starting with with uh the bond market of course and the way we're pricing in uh cuts um i said we didn't really have anything today we, we did have unemployment claims they were a little uh lower than expected and that's probably why you have yields up about three basis points but nothing crazy so that's probably why it's only three basis points uh one, one thing i know today in the markets that we we haven't touched on though is um oil is up three and a half percent as we record here so pretty Pretty solid day for oil. Uh, diesel diesel futures actually putting in a new kind of like cycle high for the, for the last few months. Uh, yesterday we had um, the petroleum inventories, and we had a pretty big drawdown for oil or for uh, gasoline and diesel. And it looks like next week is very likely to be the same thing. So you're getting some like counter seasonal inventory drawdowns in products, while oil is already fairly low from an inventory standpoint so i've been looking for oil to perk up here in the last few weeks and maybe it finally is a little bit today okay so let's get back to that oil point that we were talking about by the way <laughs> now up 17 cloudflare 18 percent up on in the after hours I'm nice little 19 a change that's a good day man we needed that one that was a nice day it's been that, a bit. that is that is a fair assessment that we needed that yeah and we touched 23 there this is real real time tick by tick here for you folks. I'm not going to uh, be happy unless I see a 50 or 60. I want some arm action on this baby. <laughs> up now, um, 20, wait, I'm, I must be delaying you. I'm showing it up 23 and a half, 24% now. Uh, back to oil real quick. So I think this is all perfectly explained by fundamentals. Uh, yesterday having the, the sizable withdrawal for products in the US. But, but I will say... Hamas came out with the like, hey, how about this for a ceasefire plan? And Benjamin Netanyahu said hard pass. And I think that is part of why oil has gained some steam as well, um, having that kind of fall through. Uh, okay. But to me, to me, the biggest story is, you know, 
oil, oil, gasoline, diesel inventory is all in the U.S. Jet fuel, how any of it, it's all either just above or a decent amount below the ten-year average. Um, and if you th- if you go total liquids, including SPR, we're dramatically, dram- I mean, we're like at nineteen eighty something levels of petroleum. Uh, so to me, the, to me, the fundamentals are fine, and there's no room for error for any 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 production coming offline. Uh, some some real time data from folks at HFI Research suggests oil production is, is has gone from over thirteen to back under thirteen. Um, so now nobody else is showing that data except them. But uh, if that's true and that starts to get noticed, picked up by EIA, that it's falling, that then you, I think you'll get pretty supportive uh, prices for oil. Now gas on the flip side is a giant dumpster fire, um, and just at the end of the day, like it's just not cold enough this winter. So it's, it's getting, it's face peeled. It's a, it's, it's a giant there. It's worse than that. It's a giant contagious dumpster fire and it's lit five other dumpsters on fire. (laughs) Yeah. We got a chain of dumpsters burning in the alley. They'll be giving it away here soon. We're, we're well under $2 now. Um, it's funny. Our, our analyst, Jamie was like, I don't know if I love the, the Nat gas position. He's like, it might looking at the chart. It might be able to go to dollar 50. I was like, if it goes a dollar fifty, like that'll be like half the portfolio. Well, now I feel like it's gonna now I feel like it's gonna test me and be like, well, we'll see if we'll see how much you'll buy, buddy. Well, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie to you. When you told me this morning, all right, last it now. To be fair to you, I need to I need to put this out here, okay? And and I and I and I mean this as a sincere compliment, but also a lesson to people out there, okay? The nat gas that we owned. We got out of it at a lower price than we entered it, and we still made a little money on the trade. Thank you yeah, to you. You managed it very well. Yeah, that's why you trim when things go straight up. <laughs> that, kids, is what we call risk management in action, and that is what we're all about here, for crying out loud. Uh, so, what? yeah, well played on that, senor. Um, what else are we looking at right now? Um, anything really a peak? Your, I mean, again, we're just looking at earnings today. I, there's not a lot of economic data out um, what, what, what else you see and what else do you think we should keep an eye on here? Yeah. Well, what they can oh, hold on. Is- oh, I, I'm sorry. I, I, well, I do want to interrupt you because I wanted to go back to this snag gas comment that you made. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> when you told me we were out and the price that we were out on it, the first thought that went through my mind was, man, that seems low. What is the lowest it's been like in the last decade? And at what point chase do we need to load up? Because, um, you know, I, I, we all rely on you, but there's got to be a price where you go, okay, I, I, I'm willing to take pain at this price. Yeah. So to me, the correct way to look at it is to completely ignore front month. I mean, that's the crazy prices we're talking about. But if you go out to the, like the December futures contracts for 2024, you're at 280 for 2020 or sorry, three, 342. If you go out to December of 2025, you're at $4.17. So if I look at those, you're you're nowhere near the all-time low on that contract. Um, so looking at it with like a, a a little bit bigger of a lens, it's not you know as bad as it has been in the past. But front month, you know that thing has to clear, and whenever weather gets bad in the winter, like it it there's it has no limits on it essentially. Um, so I would rather look out a little bit further in the future or like the 12 month strip to try to find like the bottom. But I, I mean, to me, it's already like wildly cheap, but I will say 
the bi- the biggest error I've made when it comes to uh, natural gas has been expecting producers to chill out and and reduce production at least a little bit, and and they have a little bit. I think we went from a high of like one hundred six, one hundred seven to one hundred three, one hundred four. And part part of my thesis to, that this could go well into the spring was that I thought they may drop that down to like one hundred one to one hundred three, and we're just not seeing it. Um, and as I've explained before, I can't remember if it was on the show or not, but we had essentially the best week in history for natural gas um, a few weeks ago whenever we had that massive cold shot from the polar vortex. But only two weeks of above average, like wildly above average temperatures just completely wiped it out. Um, that's, that's how much you know above trend weather can do to it. We're actually about to get a polar vortex hitting into the continental United States for the second time this winter, which... That's happened like less than five times in history. Like you, you never get two two swings at the polar vortex, and that's one of the reasons I was bullish. Is I thought, hey, that it it looks to me like that that's something that could happen. Um, we are going to get it. The problem is the main lobe of the polar vortex will be over Asia instead, so we'll get pretty cold in a couple of weeks. But it's just not going to be enough to to move the needle. But keep an eye on like China and stuff because it's going to get viciously cold uh, in China here in a couple of weeks. So that as was, far as like as far as when do you back the truck up? I, it, you, at this point, looking at the, the calendar, you, you're gonna have to wait until something happens this summer. Like you, you would need production to drop below like probably a hundred this summer, and then you could really get a nice a nice move higher. Okay, so you do you think we see a reta- would you think we see a retest of that decade low? It's very possible at, the, at, at this point because um, that polar vortex move had had a, a good bit of cooling in in the in the models right now, so that's priced. Which means if that cooling comes out, and some of it did today in the, in the midday run uh, of the models, if you start pulling some of that cooling out, then you can you can be at you can no kidding go back to that dollar forty five like area that we had, and that was like the crazy COVID bananas like downside blow off. Um, that was that was like where I totally loaded up the last time around. And that was we had we had the, the Russians and the Saudis like just being like, Oh, I, I'll produce all I can. They're saying, Well, I will too. They just got into a, a big price war to the downside. So that had w- way more going against it than we have now. I mean, sure, like, you know, inventory levels are pretty high at the moment, but it's it's nothing crazy. Back then you were like twenty something percent above the five-year average you're barely above the five five-year average right now so to me it's already attractive it's just you know it's it's really a risk management question if you're just going to go buy 2025 like it's perfectly fine to do it here it's just if you want to buy anything associated with front month or even the next 12 months you know you, you got to be real careful because it a lot of people are going to get stopped out and you might run all the way down to that that mega new low mm, sounds like fun well, that's about it for I've got on the day. You got anything else you want to cover? No, I think that's I think that's it. Man, all right. Well, we will be back again tomorrow. Continue this journey with us. You guys have a wonderful evening. As always, please subscribe to the podcast. Helps us get better guests on. Not to say that the guests we I always feel weird saying that. Not to make it sound like the guests we have on are garbage. Yeah, we got to upgrade from these bums. <laughs> yeah, we got to move on. Hey, you were one of those bums. For a long time. Yeah, now, well, you know, now you're part wait, of the What do you think I'm talking about? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like the old adage. Why don't you want to join the club? Well, any club that would have me. 
is one that I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to belong to. Anyway, so guys, have a great, uh, a great evening. We'll be back tomorrow. You're listening to Know Your Risk Radio podcast. Download and subscribe at knowyourriskradio.com. The opinions expressed in this program are for general informational purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or on any specific security. It is only intended to provide education about the financial industry. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult your financial advisor prior to investing. Any past performance discussed during this program is no guarantee of future results. Any indices referenced for comparison are unmanaged and cannot be invested into directly. As always, please remember investing involves risk and possible loss of principal capital. Please seek advice from a licensed professional. Investment advice cannot be given without a client service agreement. Bulwark Capital Management is an investment advisor representative of Trek Financial, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor.